This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Hey man, I'm excited. Who can tell that God's doing something at High Desert Word Center? You know, the first several sermons of this year, 2017, in fact, the first couple months, we, we talked about it. And you can go on iTunes and listen to the podcast and stuff and, and, and listen to it and catch up. But the first several messages of this year, we talked about a great awakening. And, you know, and we just all sensed it. We didn't know when. We just knew we were right on the brink. But I honestly believe that, like, these last two months of the year, it's just breaking forth and it's happening. I mean, 30. Two salvations last week, and today, you know, starting the new day, uh, the new week yesterday, we already have three salvations since yesterday at the men's meeting. Two more today, one, I mean, one, uh, uh, one yesterday, so things are just breaking forth, like, you know, I've never seen, and so this is the time, I'm telling you what, man, if there's somebody that you care about and that you've been praying for years for, this is that season for you to go say something, for you to go tell them about Jesus, for you to, for you to go just be bold, man, and, and, and preach the gospel. This is that season because we're coming to the end of things. Amen? So, What's that? The fields are ripe for harvest, Luke 10, 2. And it says the, uh, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So, hey, we need some laborers. We need some people that are willing to work for God. And I know we've got a big group right here that's willing to do that. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, tonight the title is this. Thank you. That's, that's good stuff right there. Uh, the title tonight is this. What would you sell the blessing for? What would you sell the blessing for? And you're like, well, what are you talking about? Well, God's been speaking something to my heart that I've learned in my own life. But there's something that we need to learn. You're like, well, I would never sell the blessing of God. Really? Well, I have before. And maybe it wasn't for money. Maybe it was for other things. And you're like, serious? I want to explain some stuff to you tonight because... There's the blessing of God that we're promised in Deuteronomy 28, and I'm getting ready to read that. And, and there's a blessing for those that walk in covenant with God. He promises to provide for you, to heal you, to bless your children, to bless you everywhere you go. And I'm going to read that. But a lot of times we do things and we, we, we choose other things over God. We say, well, this is the blessing, but this seems better to me. And so we, in our own way, sell out the blessing of God for what we think is going to be better for us. And I've done that over $5 and a cheeseburger one time. And I'm going to tell that story in a minute. And I mean, and it really bit me in the behind. It wasn't good. So don't sell your blessing for a cheeseburger like I did. But, but I want to show you something here in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And I'm going to read this out of the Message Bible, which I will probably never read out of the Message Bible in a sermon again, but I'm going to do it tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 28, uh, verses 1 through 14, and, and this just really breaks down what we call the blessing. The blessing. And, and I'm going to, this is, I'm going to, I just want to read this and I want you to listen up. And some of it you may think, well, no, that doesn't make any sense to me. Just check it out. We're going to explain this. Deuteronomy 28, and I'm going to read this out of the Message Bible, so it'll probably, you know, be worded quite differently than whatever translation you have there. But, uh, look at the screen if that'd be better for you. Deuteronomy chapter 28, starting at verse 1, it says, All these blessings will come down on you and spread out beyond you because you have responded to the voice of God, your God. So blessings don't just come on you because you're good looking. They don't just come on you because you're popular and you're strong and smart. 
the blessings come upon us when we respond to the voice of God. Is anyone here responding to the voice of God? All right. Well, you should get excited here. Look at this. Here's the blessing. God's blessing inside the city. God's blessing in the country. God's blessing on your children. That's about the most important one to me right there. The crops of your land, the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks, God's blessing on your basket and bread bowl. That's talking about provision, man. Who likes to have enough to eat? God's blessing in your coming in. God's blessing in your going out. God will defeat your enemies who attack you. They'll come at you on one road and run away on seven roads. That sounds pretty good, man. Yeah. And so God will order a blessing on your barns and workplaces. Who wants your workplace to be blessed? You want to be blessed when you go to work? I don't want to be cursed when I go over there. I want to be blessed at work. He'll bless you in the land that God, your God, is giving you. God will form you as a people holy to him just as he promised you if you keep the commandments of God, your God, and live the way he has shown you. You don't live your own way. You live the way that he's shown you, right? Then all the peoples on earth will see you living under the name of God and hold you in respectful awe. God will lavish you with good things. Who wants some of that? Yeah, man, I want to get lavished with good things. That sounds incredible. That sounds better than getting beat up with bad things. I want lavished with good things. Children from your womb. Offspring from your animals and crops from your land, the land that God promised your ancestors that he would give you. God will throw open the doors of his sky vaults and pour rain on your land on schedule and bless the work you take in hand. You will lend to many nations, but you yourself won't have to take out a loan. God will make you the head, not the tail. You'll always be the top dog, never the bottom dog. As you obediently listen to and diligently keep the commands of God, your God, that I am commanding you today, don't swerve an inch to the right or the left from the words that I command you today by going off, following and worshiping other gods. Now, that's there's a lot contained in there. OK, but boil it down. OK, he's promising to bless whatever you set your hand to, whatever you work at. You want to be good at right. You want to be bad at your job. You want to be good at it. You, know, you want to be good at it. And so he says, I'll bless you. Whatever, whatever work you do, you're going to be the best at it. I'm going to bless your children. Your children will follow me and serve me. That's the biggest thing to me. Uh, I'll, I'll bless your land. I'll, I'll, I'll bless your money. I'll bless your food. I'll bless your children, your mama, your papa, your dad. I'll bless your relationship. I'll bless you coming in and when you go. I'll bless you if you live in the country. I'll bless you if you live in the city. I'll bless you in the suburbs. I will bless you everywhere you are. Now, that's a big deal. Who wants just I mean, you want a piece of that right there. I I want now you could read the curse. If you read starting in verse 15 through the rest of that chapter, it tells you what the curse is. And it's awful. I don't even want to read the curse. It is that bad. But on your own time, put the children to bed when they're in bed. Then you can read the curse. It is not good. You know, it's bad. And so it says right here that he wants you to be blessed everywhere you go. Now, the truth of the matter is this, is that this is the Old Testament. That's Deuteronomy 28. That, that's the Old Testament. But the good news is this. I'm going a little bit fast here is in the New Testament. You guys know where I'm going. Hebrews 8, 6. It tells us that Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. 
For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. Hebrews 8, 6. And so all this stuff I just read right there, if you're someone that says, well, that's the Old Testament. Well, guess what, dude? We have an even better covenant with better promises than that. All that stuff we just read, God says, as New Testament Christians, because of Jesus, the new high priest, it's even better than the old blessings. A better covenant with better promises money cannot buy the blessing of god you can't you can't buy it but you can sell it away once god's given it to you and there's there's different ways that people will actually sell themselves out they'll sell the blessing of god away and give it away for something else they'll trade the blessing of god for something that they think is going to be better for them and and this could be any number of things and so whenever I'm tempted, I want you to, this is, this is what I live by. Whenever I'm tempted in a situation, I ask myself this, is this worth more to me than the blessing of God upon my life and my children and my wife? Is, is this, is this moment, okay, I could do this, I could go through with this, but is it really worth more to me than having God's blessing on my family and on my children? Because you can have that. Sure, man, you can go out and do that. Hey, free country. You're a free person. Do whatever you want to do. But there are consequences to our choices. Amen? And so, whenever I'm faced in a situation, okay, I could I could totally do this. And, you know, I'm not going to die. But is it worth it to me if this takes God's blessing off of my life? Will it be worth it in the end that I decided to go this route? And that's, I mean, that's, that's the deal breaker right there. If, if it's not worth it, which nothing is, then I'm not going to do that, man. And so write this down, write this down. I'm trying to cover a lot tonight. Write this down. You don't have to turn there. Oh, Lord help me to do this. Maybe I've bitten off more than I can do. Genesis chapter 25, just write it down. Verses 29 through 34 is the story of Jacob and Esau. Now, these were the sons of Isaac. Isaac was the son of Abraham, who is like the great father of, uh, you know, of the faith. I mean, Abraham's the man. We all know this. So Abraham has a son named Isaac. Isaac has a son named Jacob and another son named Esau. And so Esau, being the firstborn, he has the rights to what was called the blessing of the father. Firstborn gets the blessing. And the blessing included, I mean, all kinds of great stuff. But Esau wasn't exactly the smartest guy in the world. I mean, uh, he, he goes out and he's hunting one day and his brother Jacob had just made a nice bowl of stew, you know, lentils. He was eating some beans, a bowl of beans. And so here he is and Esau comes and he's like, man, I'm hungry. Give me some of that. Give me some of them beans right there. And <laughs> I don't know if he sounded like that, but anyway. And so and so Jacob says, yeah, bro, I'll give you the beans. If you sell me your blessing, if you if you if you'll give me your rights of blessing as the firstborn, I will give you this bowl of beans. And he's like, man, I'm starving. Take my blessing. I want the I want that soup. And so he sells his blessing away for a bowl of beans. And all throughout the rest of the Bible, even into the New Testament, you always hear the writers refer to the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Jacob became the one who became the nation of Israel. God changed his name to Israel. Jacob walked in the blessing all, you know, the, for his life and Esau did not, but it could have been his. 
but he sold his blessing for a bowl of beans. Don't do that. If you're ever tempted, if somebody ever offers you, I'll give you this bowl of beans if you'll give me your blessing, say no. Run from that. That is a losing deal. You will never get you. That is, you, that is not good. So let's look at three things that people maybe sell their blessing for. The first one is money. You're probably thinking, well, how do I how do I sell my blessing for money? Well, when you do something for money that goes against what the Bible says or goes against your personal convictions, you're selling your blessing for money. Whenever you're doing something that goes against what you know is right for money, you're like, well, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but man, that is a lot of money right there. <laughs> it's, it's wrong, but man, that's a lot of money. I'm going to go ahead and do it. You're saying that this situation, whatever it is, this situation, doing this thing can bless you more than what God can bless you. And God said, I want to be your provider. I'll supply all your needs according to my riches. I want to be your, I want to be your father. I want to be your blesser. But you're saying you can do a better job out there doing that way, selling that stuff, doing that. Fine. All right. You're on your own. You do it, do it your way then. Cause God's not going to force us to do anything. But I know that we have sometimes sold the blessing of God in exchange for money that we thought was going to be better. And you're like, oh, don't be so mean about it. Listen, I'm just going to give a disclaimer tonight. Um, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I promise you that. Okay. You know me. I'm a softie. I'm a good guy down here. I'm very soft. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I need, we need to shoot straight right now because I need, we need every person in this church to be walking in the blessing of God. Don't we? We got a couple hundred people that attend this church. We need every single one to be walking in the blessing of God because God's trying to do this great awakening, this revival, and he can't do it with a bunch of people living under the curse. He needs blessed people to do what he's going to do. And so sometimes you know what the word of God says about, you know, a situation. You say, I know it says that, but I think I've got a better way. I really think that if I do it this way, I'm going to be better off. That's selling yourself for the blessing. You're selling the blessing out for a different way. Now, here's my cheeseburger story. (laughs) Don't laugh. This is so serious right now. Uh, 2014. So I was at a restaurant. A local burger joint, which will remain nameless. And so I'm in the drive-thru, and the lady's supposed to give me a dollar back in change. She gives me a five and gives me an extra cheeseburger. And I don't, I didn't realize it till I got home. <laughs> Bear with me. This is going somewhere. And so I didn't realize it till I got home. I wouldn't have kept that extra money. I wouldn't have kept the cheeseburger unless, you know, they were like, no, just keep it. But I mean, that that's wrong. And so I get my I get home and I'm like, I'm on my way to a meeting. I just got to get the kids fed. And I'm like, ah, OK, I'll make it back to them. I'll, I'll give them their money back and go pay for the cheeseburger, whatever I got to do to make things right. But I can't do it right now. I am running late. I have got to get to where I'm going. And so I kind of forgot about it. Then a few days later, it comes back to me again. Go. You owe them four dollars. And a cheeseburger. And so, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to get there, God, I promise. And, but I was in a hurry. And every now and then I would just, God would remind me of this. You, you owe them four dollars and you owe them a cheeseburger. And, and, and I would, okay, I'm going to get to it, I swear. But it always happened at times that I was really busy. And then out of nowhere, November of 2014, God didn't cause this to happen, but the blessing had lifted from my life. And so all kinds of 
bad things started happening to me. A pipe burst in my wall and did like $30,000 worth of damage to my house. My washer went out. My dog ran away, which was a blessing. We found him, unfortunately. But anyway, we, the dog came back. And then my washer went out. My furnace went out. And, and just everywhere I went, the car was going out. I mean, all over the place. Everything I owned was... And I'm like, what is going on here? Man, I'm a tither. What is going on? And God's, and all of a sudden it just flashed back to me. You owe them $4 and a cheeseburger. I warned you 50 times to go do it. You sold the blessing of God for $4 and a cheeseburger. I was like, not today, devil. I, I got in the car. I ran in there and I, I'm so serious. I slapped a $10 bill on the counter and I told the, the, the manager, I said, I need to talk to your manager now. And so the manager came up and said, Two months ago, I was in here. You guys gave me too much change and an extra cheeseburger. Take this $10 and just keep it. Do what you want. And I like ran out the door. I'm like, keep your money. And so I made things right. And I mean, the, I don't, you may think I'm making this up, but the, the, I, that ended it. The curse or whatever that, it ended it. And you're like, really? It's that. At, at different levels in life, we're held to a more accountable. Maybe you could get by with $4 and a cheeseburger. I couldn't. I had to do the right thing, and I had chance after chance to do the right thing, but I always found something more important to do. And so I, I just sold, I, I gave it away, man. And it cost me a little bit, but thank God he's good. He forgave me, and, and, I, and I made it up. So on Friday, we we're getting ready to have this dinner here for the Harvest Fest workers. I go into the 99-cent store to buy a bunch of pumpkins. They're all over the place. I bought a lot of pumpkins. And so I'm in line, and, they're, and, and I'm, I'm talking to the lady, and she's like, just tell me how many you have. And I said, I, I got 12. I, th- I thought I had 12. So <laughs> I get out to the van, and I'm putting them in my van, and I'm like, no, there's 13 pumpkins. No! <laughs> so I run back into the 99-cent store because, hey... Yeah, and now now the line is like triple long what it was, and I'm like, oh, I'm in a hurry, no. So I waited all the way through the line, and I get up there, and I'm like, ma'am, I actually had 13 pumpkins. Take this dollar, please. And she was like, are you serious? Like, you have, I know I've got a long story about a cheeseburger that I can't tell you right now, but <laughs> trust me, take this dollar. Take this dollar. Get it away from me. I'm not going to steal a pumpkin and, and you know walk under the curse again. I mean... James 4.17. Let's do James 4.17, people. Let's go. James 4.17. Let's go there. James 4.17. This is, this is something that you need to know. But you don't, you don't, I mean, there's nothing more valuable to me than the blessing of God upon my life. I need it. I can't do this without God. I cannot do this without the blessing of God. James 4.17. James chapter 4, verse 17. And we all need to know this. Because God will remind us of stuff. He'll let us know when we're kind of stepping off the wrong path there. James 4.17, it says, Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. It's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. I knew that I ought to get back over there and pay for the cheeseburger and the money. And, you know, I and I, I knew it. But I didn't do it. So I walked away from the blessing. And believe it or not, man, I was here preaching and doing my thing and still loving the Lord, waking up, reading my Bible. But really, I was kind of living in sin there for a minute because God kept telling me and I kept putting it off. And it it cost me, man. And I don't want to live that like like that ever again. My blessing is not for sale for any dollar amount. 
You cannot buy my blessing from me because it is more valuable than money. It is more valuable than gold. It is more valuable than anything else in this world. We have got to stick to our guns. When you know in your heart that something is right, you've got to stick with it. It's called personal convictions. It's called personal convictions. And there may be, some, you know, there, the Bible talks about this. I, I did a message on it one time. That there are some things that may not, you know, be a, a sin to Mike necessarily because the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not do this. But in my heart, God has told me, you don't need to do that. That's not for you. Well, then for me, it's a sin. Maybe it's not for him. But for me, if God said, I don't want you to do this, then for me, that's a sin because God gave me a personal conviction about it. Does that make sense? And so we have these. And, and sometimes we sell our blessing out by disobeying our personal convictions and the things that the Lord spoke to our heart for us to do. I believe one way that people sell their blessing out is by letting work pull you out of church, pull you away from your relationship with God. And I've seen this so many times. And, I, you know, I hear people testify about the awesome new job or promotion they got. But then the new blessing comes also with working seven days a week or never being in church or never making time for spiritual things. And in the end, that's not a blessing. That's a curse. That stinking turns into a curse, man. You know what I mean? I know some, you know, that turns into a curse and, and money is not worth that, man. There's not enough money to pull me out of church. You sign, you know, you could offer me, I'll, I'll give you a million dollar job right now, but it's on Sundays. Goodbye. Not for me. Not for me. And, and well, let me show you something here. Matthew 6, 24. And, and you know, if, if this hits close to home, don't be a snowflake and meltdown on me, please. But, but let's just, we got to be real here tonight, okay? We got to keep it real. And so Matthew 6, 24 tells us, tells us something pretty important about serving God and serving money. And when we disobey our convictions, when we sell the blessing of God for something else, what does that show our kids? So, well, the blessing could be bought. Yeah, I mean, yes, we want to live under the blessing, but they're going to pay double time. (laughs) You think God can't match double time, triple time, quadruple time? You think God can't do not? and, And you've got to... You need to establish in your heart, and this this may be, if this is too much for you, that's fine, but this may be mind-blowing. Your employer is not your source. God needs to be your source. Because he's not going anywhere. We have jobs, there are, there are entire industries that don't even exist in this country anymore. That were an industry 10 years, but because of technology, there's people totally out of a job that made good money, but with all the advances, no job is that secure, guys. But God is secure, and if He's your provider, I don't care what the economy is, I don't care who's president, I don't care what's going on, because they weren't my source anyway. God is. And if you, and if you think that your employer, if you think that, that your work is your provider, something is wrong with that picture. If you're saying, I know God's my provider, but these guys do a much better job because they pay overtime. They have benefits. Watch out for that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. I'm, I'm I wouldn't go there. Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. Well, what's he talking about? He's talking about you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. 
You cannot, and you know, most translations say you cannot serve both God and money. Now we all know, hey, we got to work, we got to provide. You don't work, you don't eat. But I don't have to serve money to do it. I don't have to give up my convictions. I don't have to sell out my my beliefs, my morals, my my convictions, my church, my spiritual life, my faith to provide for my family. Thank God he must have a better way for me than that. And so I remember the Christmas of 2011. We're just going to we're just walking down memory lane tonight. All my bad experiences. So, well, actually, this is a good one. So I worked at FedEx in Indianapolis, uh, you know, tossing boxes onto airplanes. In there. So it was a good time. Got the box. Yeah, never. You didn't see that. But so it was a busy. It was a holiday season, Christmas season. And this was a record breaking year up to that point for FedEx because Amazon had really just really taken over. And so we were so slammed and busy that they said, OK, and my days off were Sunday and Monday. They said, all right, everybody, mandatory the Sunday before Christmas, all six thousand of you must show up. No options. You will be here. Mandatory work day. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And they're like, we'll make it worth your time. Oh, yeah. You come in. We'll pay you. We'll pay you double time. We'll make it worth your time. Come on in. And, dude, I was broke as a joke. We was poor. I needed money bad. And so here I am. Okay, I've never worked a Sunday in my life. Ever. I need money so bad right now that, I mean, I can barely even buy my kids something for Christmas. I mean, we're, <laughs> that was the poorest I've ever been. And, you know, we're barely, barely floating here. And so I'm like, I could have double the money if I'll just do it just this one time. This is so tempting. But I've never done this before. I've always told God that that's your day and I won't do it. So here I am stuck between a rock and a hard place. So I went in and, and, and the, the manager was like, well, everyone's got to do it. Sorry, man. So I had a friend that was a lawyer. It's good to have friends that are lawyers. So I went to him and I said, and his, he, he practiced employment law. He said, okay, let's talk. So they want you, they're saying you have to work that Sunday or you don't have a job. I'm like, yeah, they say, I'll, if I work, they'll give me double time. But if I don't work, I'm now unemployed. What, what do I do? He said, Okay, let me ask you this. You, you really believe this, that you, it's wrong for you to work on a Sunday? I said, yeah, I believe that. He said, okay, have you ever, since you have worked there, ever one time gone in on a Sunday? I said, never, not once. He said, case closed. If they make you, if they force you work that Sunday, I will be in there with you. We will sue that place to the ground. Your, your name will be on the front of FedEx Indianapolis and you will own that place. They have zero legal standing period to ever make you work a Sunday because you've stuck to your convictions this whole time. They can never force you to do it ever again because you told them when you got hired that you don't work Sundays and you've stuck to that. They have no, you could take it to the Supreme Court, buddy, and they cannot force you to work a Sunday. I was like, I feel pretty good right now. <laughs> I won't be here Sunday. <laughs> and you think I lost out. You think that, man, God, you know, God just couldn't do better than double time at FedEx. You kidding me? God brought it in, man. God brought the blessing in. And I would hate to think that I, I stole the blessing of God for double time at FedEx. 
That, 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 that double time of FedEx was more money than the blessing of God. That is messed up that I would think that way. And I thank God that he's stuck. It. But I, then I think of this other guy um, that, that Josh was friends with in Denver. This guy worked uh, for Sam's Club, right? Okay. So Sam's Club, I want to tell the story right. And this guy, they were going to put him on a new schedule that required him to work Sundays. He's like, no. I'm not going to do that. That goes against my beliefs. I, I don't work Sundays. And they're like, and so he actually got into a legal battle with Sam's Club. And they went back over his employment records. They said, wait a minute. There's, you've worked here for 20 years, but there's been two times that you did come in on Sunday. You must not really believe that or you wouldn't have done it. He lost his case in court and they made him work every Sunday after that until I guess he quit or something. But when you stick to your convictions, when you stick with what you know is right on the inside, do you think that's going to cost you? Do you think God's going to leave you on your own because you stand up for what you know is right? You've got God on your side more than ever, and you are walking in the blessing. But I'm telling you this, man, that ain't worth the blessing to me. That is not worth giving up my blessing. Write this down. Proverbs 10:22. Proverbs 10:22 says the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. So a lot of people they're they're seeking a blessing, they're trying to make it happen in there, but there's a whole lot of sorrow that comes with that blessing, but the blessing of the Lord, it'll make you rich, but he adds no sorrow with it. He adds only good things when we do things his way. One last story that I need to move on. I told you I'm trying to cover But Dr. Barclay, he talked about when he finally he became a born again Christian in the Marines. He was a drill instructor and he had to uh, take his turn every Sunday and Wednesday. They had a rotation of guys and the guy in charge of him. He knew that Dr. Barclay was becoming a religious fanatic. So he started scheduling him every Sunday and Wednesday. And he said, I'm not going to do it. And the guy said, yes, you are. You will obey. You're a Marine. You'll do what I say. And so he said he walked into his commanding officer and put his hands out like this and said, arrest me. The guy said, what? Why would I arrest you? You're, you're a decorated Marine. He said, arrest me. I'm going to be I'm going to be I'm going to be absent for duty tonight. I'm not coming in tonight. Why not? Because so and so keeps scheduling me for every church service. And I respect when it's my turn, I'll do it. I signed up for this. But. This is unfair that he's making me do this every single time. So I'm telling you, I will not be here tonight. Go ahead and arrest me now because I'm breaking the law. I'm not going to be here. And so the guy said, you're kidding me, right? And anyway, to make a long story short, the commanding officer made a rule right there that any of those guys that had, you know, religious convictions and wanted to go to church services, no matter what, they had to be able to do it at a reasonable amount of time. Amen. And so if he can stand up to the United States Marine Corps, <laughs> can we stand up for what we believe is right and wrong? Or is it or is that worth more to you than the blessing of God? I rest my case. Let's go to point number two. Things that we sell the blessing of God for. And one thing is money. Another thing is sin. Now, we don't, I mean, that's that dirty word that we don't like to talk about a lot anymore. But the truth of the matter is, is that sometimes we have sold our blessing for sin. 
this whole life is temporary. We well covered that this morning. If you live to be a hundred years old in this world, guess what? The next life is going to be over a million years, over a billion years. It's going to be eternal. Anything in this world is temporary. And so I know some people that have sold their blessing for five minutes of pleasure. They've given up their family and the blessing of God for one night of thrills and just walked away from all that God had provided in their lives. And I'm not judging someone. I'm not being mean. That's sad. That's heartbreaking that at times we have just said, God's blessed us with so much. He's brought you out of the ditch. He's delivered you. He set you free. He gave you a second and third and fourth chance. And even after all of that, temptation comes to us and it comes to all of us. I'm not exempt. You're not exempt. It comes to us and we don't weigh it heavily. And we say, you know what? I really want to do this right now. And we, we give up the blessing of God. We walk away from it for five minutes of pleasure, one night of thrills. And listen to me, there's got to be, I mean, that's probably the worst regrets there are in this world. And so ask yourself the question, is the risk worth the reward? Come on. That's good right there. Is the risk worth the reward? Is it worth risking the blessing of God upon our lives and upon our children's lives? To go ahead and just light that thing up, go ahead and drink that, whatever it is. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't know you, whatever you do, but, but is it worth the blessing of God? Is the risk of losing that worth the reward of five minutes of fun, of one night of fun, of, of a week of fling or whatever it is, is that really worth risking losing the blessing of God over you and your children and your family? You know, oftentimes I wonder, you know, what am I going to be doing when Jesus comes back? We read this morning in Matthew 24, there's going to be a trumpet and then the Son of Man will appear in the clouds and he's going to call all of his chosen ones from all the corners of the earth and take us to heaven. What am I going to be doing on that moment when that trumpet sounds i would love to be reading my bible at that moment i'd love to be praying with my children i'd love to be standing right here preaching but wouldn't it be awful for jesus to come and that trumpet blow and you're sitting there looking at something nasty on your phone you're sitting there looking at something bad on you know let's just get real you're sitting there man you just stole a cheeseburger and four dollars from <laughs> you whatever the case i don't know let's talk about me for a minute i've i've done stupid things in my life people you know there are things that i have done that i would really not want jesus to come back at that moment when i am doing that and so let's keep that in mind man what will i be doing when that trumpet blows and jesus appears in the sky am i going to have to say Oh, no, not right now. Any any day but today. Not right now. Why did you pick today? Am I going to be in a moment of embarrassment and shame when Jesus comes to say, hey, I'm ready for you. Let's go. I don't I don't want to be there, man. I want to be doing something that Jesus would be proud of. And so a guy that I think of is in the Old Testament. His name is Samson. Let's turn to Judges chapter 16. I noticed that it did get more quiet in here over the last 10 minutes, so apparently we are getting close to home, but praise God. I believe you're my healer. I believe. No, 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 no. Is Cletus in here? All right, hey. Judges chapter 16. So here's the story of Samson, if you aren't, if you aren't uh, up on this one. 
So Samson's mother, it doesn't really give us her name, but she prayed for a son for a long time. And an angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you're going to have a son. But there was a condition she had to dedicate this son to the Lord and, and dedicate him under the Lord's service. And the angel gave there's some things that this son can never do. He can never cut his hair. He can never eat raisins. I don't, that was in there. So there's a, among some other things, but there's a list of things that, that Samson was never allowed to do. And so they made this vow before the Lord. Okay, you, if, Lord, if you give me this son, I promise you that I will dedicate him to you and I will keep him away from these things. Well, if you're familiar, God gave Samson an unusual amount of strength, physical strength. He was a beast. And there's all kinds of things that he did. One time he was going up against a thousand enemy soldiers from the Philistines. He found a dead donkey lying there. He took the jawbone from the donkey and killed a thousand people with a jawbone. I mean, I mean, that's some brute strength right there, man. If you can take on a thousand guys by yourself, that is insane. One of my favorite stories about Samson is one time he caught 300 foxes. Now, I'm not sure how he did this, but he caught 300 foxes and tied their tails together in pairs, two at a time. Tied their tails together, lit them on fire, and sent them into the enemy campground. And the foxes went everywhere running crazy and burned the campground down of the Philistines. I'm like, that's creative. I mean, that's that's pretty good. I, he actually found it on Pinterest. So, no. <laughs> Oh, I'm kidding. That's not, that's not on there. And don't put that on there. That, I'm sure that is illegal in so many ways in our day and age. But Samson, though, though he was strong in so many ways, Samson had one weakness. It's the ladies. Samson, he like, he's like, look, I can pick up, <laughs> you pick up heavy things and go set them down somewhere. Like, and the, the ladies loved it, man. They loved Samson. They thought he was the best. But Samson got caught up with a very bad lady named Delilah. Now, Delilah was really a secret agent for the Philistine army. And, and she double-crossed Samson. And so she kept asking him, tell me you love me, don't you? Tell me the secret to your strength. And he would tell her something, and, and it would turn out to be wrong. But one day, he finally gave in and said, all right, I'll tell you why I'm so strong. And so he told her, my God, I was dedicated to God from birth. I've never been allowed to cut my hair. If my, if I, if my hair were to be cut, I'd be, I'd be weaker than the average man. And so Judges chapter 16, starting at verse 19, it says, Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In this way, she began to bring him down. And his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, well, I'll do as I've done before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. So here's this man that was a mighty man of God that God used all the time. He sold his blessing away for a girl, for a, a not good girl, an immoral girl. He sold it away. And here he is. They cut his eyes out of the sockets. They tied him up and made him work like a donkey, grinding grain, tied up by a chain, grinding grain for the enemy Philistines. 
And so they loved it, man. The people, they were so, this is the guy that had always been able to beat them. They loved it. And so they're having a big festival to their God, uh, Dagon. And, 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 and they're, they're, they're celebrating. They're like, Hey, everyone's drunk. Let, let's bring that. Let's bring Samson out here. Let's tie him up in front of everybody, man. This will be funny. We can, we can laugh at him, throw stuff at him. Let's just, let's let Samson be our entertainment for the evening. And so look what happens here in verse 27. They're in their temple to their God. Now, the temple was completely filled with people. All the Philistine rulers were there. And there were about 3,000 men and women on the roof who were watching as Samson amused them. Here was a man of God. Now, here he is just being tortured. He's their amusement at this drunken party. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Remember me one more time. Oh, God, please strengthen me just one more time with one blow. Let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple, pushing against them with both hands. He prayed, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed them, pushed them apart and the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. Now, some people are like, well, that's kind of a good ending. Well, honestly, Dr. Barclay said that's just about the saddest story that I've ever heard in my life, that this man of God that walked in the blessing, that won victory after victory with God right beside him fighting for God. His last words were, let me die with these Philistines. He should have been, he should have died after a long life and been honored and had a proper burial and, and blessings and everything. He died in a pile of rubble with a bunch of drunk idol worshipers that worshiped a false God. You think that's what God wanted? Absolutely not. But he sold the blessing for a fling with some immoral girl that cost him his entire life. It cost him the blessing of God. And so I challenge us, man, what is it? We've got to, we've got to look at ourselves in the mirror. And again, this isn't, you know, everybody feel bad about yourself night. This is, man, God's blessed me and I don't want to lose that. I want, I want to keep what God has given me. And so the last thing is this, point number three, what are we selling the blessing for? Well, sometimes it's temporary comfort. I've seen so many people over the years that I am certain that God really wanted to bless and use, but they were just too stinking lazy. They had all the potential in the world. God wanted to bless them, but they're like, I don't know. I don't want to commit to that. I don't want to show up. I don't know. And just, and, and, and they're good people, man. They got a good heart and, and God wants to use them. God has a call on their life, but their temporary comfort is worth more. I want to do that. I have to get up early on a Saturday morning. That's nuts, man. That's my one day for me. That's my me day. I'm not doing that. Really? I get it, man. You need a day of rest. You need it. But if God called you to do something, I don't care if it's me day. Now it's God day. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm going to do what God told me to do. And, you know, a lot of times God, God is telling you, maybe he's telling you to go to the trip with us to Nicaragua. Maybe God's telling you to do something and you're like, uh, I'd have to raise money, I'd have to get a passport, I'd have to take a week off work. Yeah. And listen, is your temporary comfort worth more to you than doing what God said? Not to me, because I found out the hard way by four dollars and a cheeseburger. 
stinking cheeseburger cost me $30,000, man. Oh, I'll never do that again. So, and even there's a lot of people that may even be hard workers at their natural job, at their employer. But when it comes to spiritual things, they're lazy. They'll give, they'll give Fort Irwin or wherever you work 40 solid hours a week, but you won't give God two. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) let's get real here. I mean, seriously, doesn't God deserve better than FedEx or wherever it is you work? He deserves a lot better than they do because he did a lot more for me than just give me a, they just give me a paycheck. They'd give that to anybody that showed up there. I'm not nothing special. They'd, they'd, they'd pay whoever was pushing those boxes down the slide. They, they don't care that it's me. They'll pay anybody $11 an hour to push boxes like I was doing. But God offers me a whole lot more than a paycheck. He offers me a whole lot more than $11 an hour. He offers me something called the blessing. And I'm not going to give that up for anything. You know, Billy Graham turns 99 on Tuesday. Born in 1918, this Tuesday, November 7th, he'll be 99 years old, still living, man, still doing pretty good. Next year he'll be 100 years old. This man has been used by God more than anybody in, I mean, modern history outside of the Bible. And uh, and I was, well, just a few stats. He's led over 3.2 million people to the Lord. It's a legend, man. He's preached to over 2.2 billion people over his, you know, 80 years of ministry. And because of his crusades, this is fact, Billy Graham has preached the gospel to more people in person than anybody in the history of Christianity. More than Paul, more than, I mean, more than anybody. And so I was watching an interview with him the other day. This was when he was a little bit younger. He was 92. And so he, this was the interview. And they said, is there, I mean, if you, if you could go back and do anything over, would you do things differently? He said, oh yeah. And I was like, what? I didn't expect him to say that. I mean, we're talking about the man that led over 3 million people to the Lord, preached to over 2 billion people. He said, yeah, I, I'd change things for sure. He, and they're like, and the, the, the lady interviewing him, she was caught off guard. She said, you would? What would you change? He said, if I could go back, I'd spend more time in prayer and I'd spend more time studying the word of God. And I was like, and I'd hate to see what would happen if he really would have, if he really would have been a man of prayer. But his regret is that he didn't spend enough time with God. He said there was, there was times I went and spoke at different places that I should have turned it down just so I could have stayed home and prayed. And they're like, you mean you should have preached less? He said, no. People like presidents and, and, and people, especially in England, he said, would call me to come and, and, and speak to conventions. And it wasn't necessarily preaching, but I should have turned those down. I mean, it, op- you know, it, it, it made me famous and stuff, but I, I wish I would have turned all those down. I wish I would have spent more time in prayer and studying the Word of God. And I was like, that hit me, man. I was like, oh, my gosh. If he would say that. I mean, I'm embarrassed right now, man, that Billy Graham would say that he didn't spin it. And here I am. I could do better. I know this. I could do better. And I know I'm guessing all of you guys could do a little bit better, too. And so to walk in the blessing, sometimes we got to get out of our comfort zone. And a lot of people, they're not willing to sacrifice temporary comfort to keep the blessing of God. Well, I'll tell you this much. I'm glad Noah cared more about the blessing. I'm glad he cared more about building an ark than the people making fun of him every day. I'm glad that David didn't care more about his comfort than facing a giant. 
I'm glad that Daniel didn't care more about his comfort than praying three times a day and getting thrown to the lions. I'm really glad that Jesus didn't care more about his comfort than dying on the cross for me. That had to be uncomfortable, but he did it anyway because there was something greater at risk. And for us in our lives, we have to say, this may make me uncomfortable. This would really be stepping on my comfort zone. Is the risk worth the reward? Is the risk worth the reward? Is it better to you to not do it than to risk the blessing of God? Maybe you're in here and you've been struggling about your decision with God. We've talked about that a lot lately. Maybe you've been sitting on the fence. Well, I'm thinking about it. I don't know. Do your thing, man. But I'm telling you, it's risky business. That's a risky, that's a risky scenario to say, I'm willing to go the rest of my life doing my thing, but without the blessing of God, I wouldn't do it. You can do it. I'm not going to try that. That's crazy. That's nuts. That I, there's no way that I would attempt to take one step without God. Not going to happen. And so if, if you're here and, you're, and this is kind of hitting you close to home tonight, let's just think about it. Are there things that we have sold out the blessing of God for in our life? I, I listed three things. There's got to be more than that. Uh, are there things that we've said, uh, I know I shouldn't, uh, but, but I think this would be better for me. If there is, be real with God. You can't fool him. Be real with him and say, I admit it. My bad. I was wrong. I gave up what you had for me because I thought I could get something better. Be own up to it, man. And when we do that, when we when we come to a place of saying, you know what, I give up. You win. You're better than me. You're smarter than me. You've got a better way than what I've got. I'm going to do it your way. That's the place that you step back in to the blessing of God and God's blessing to remind you. He offers us joy, peace, love. He offers us blessing our children, blessing our money, blessing our health getting us to heaven. He offers so many things that, frankly, money can't buy and that I don't want to live without. And so I'm challenging you tonight with this. We'll end right here. That if there's something in your life that you know you've sold the blessing for, talk to God. Make it right and get yourself back in the blessing where you belong because we need you to be blessed. I need you to be blessed. I don't need you to be cursed right now. I need you to be blessed because there's people dying all over this world that need to hear about Jesus. And if you're the weak link in the chain, maybe we're not going to get them. We need you to step up and be everything that God called you to be because he's called you to be something. Amen. Let's end there tonight. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.